0: button mashing is a thing of the past electronic sports or esports has grown into a billion dollar industry and nearly every college in the country has a club team with over 200 schools now offering scholarships to competitive gamers coming up next on the spent the rent podcast we discuss esports and the rise of the cyber athlete with the university of oregon club esports team (laughs) Welcome to the Spent the Rent podcast. I am your host, Self-Esteem Willie. My guest today is the University of Oregon Club Esports team. I want to thank you all for coming. We're going to do a quick little introduction. Uh, we've got Owen, David, and Lauren here. David, why don't we start with you?
1: Hey, I'm David Gugliotti. I'm an MBA student studying sports marketing.
0: Uh, my name is Owen
2: Kong, and I'm an advertising major. And my name is Lauren Hutter, and I'm an art major.
1: That was perfect.
0: Thank you, guys. This is take three because we're working on one mic. Little backstory, so that the audience, the audience doesn't know this is the first time you're listening to it. We've been here for three hours. <laughs> so, so thank you guys for coming. We're gonna kind of go over what it is that esports is doing, the changes on the collegiate level, some of the growth in the industry. And so we're going to go over a lot. So, David, why don't we just start with the basics? What is eSports or what are eSports?
1: Yeah, eSports is, uh, in the simplest definition, is organized competitive gaming. Um, take video games, take some people that are really, really good at them and have them play against each other to see who's the best of the best.
0: And so what you know, what's really happening right now, I mean, it's become a, a multi-billion dollar industry. But what's happening at the collegiate level is basically every school has... A club team but now i read that there's over 200 and that was google so there's probably more like there's over 200 scholarship teams that are now getting paid to go to school so i don't think i don't think it's full ride scholarships quite yet but they're getting more than just stipends like they're actually being recruited to come to each school and so that's big news and we're going to get into more of that in a little bit but let's just go over first of all what does a typical tournament look like
1: yeah so um it depends on game to game title to title Um, For example, there'll be um, a regular season where the teams may play each other in a round robin style. Um, The top teams from each group will then go on to playoffs, which looks like your traditional um, NCAA bracket where, you know, you win, you move on, you lose, you're knocked out.
0: And so, you know, is it kind of like a point system, essentially like maybe like a wrestling team where is it individual one on one competition or is it kind of like full group
1: Uh, Again, it depends on the title. Um, Yeah, it it depends on the game. But most of the bigger titles are team games. So you win and lose as a team together. Individual performance doesn't get scored like that. So the University of Oregon team wins. We move on. If we lose, then we don't. Right.
0: (laughs) So we're going to get a little bit later to talk about what titles, you know, and if there's games being created with this esports in mind, because I'm sure that that's the future of it. You know, I know like Rocket League is a big one. I play sports games. So, which is funny because the whole world of video games has changed to where when I was a kid, if you were into Final Fantasy, for example, people were like, you're a nerd. But now that I play like Madden, people are like, what? Like <laughs> there's so much more to be done, uh, you know, outside of just playing a, a football game for an hour. But so, oh, and you wanted to talk on the standards for player contracts, because though it is a club sport, you know, it you represent the school and so as it becomes scholarship there's an ethos and an ethics that people need to live by so go ahead and speak on that
3: yeah i kind of just want to talk about like the standards of the incoming uh potential incoming like club members that want to go competitive um i feel like we need to kind of put them to a pretty high standard and treat them as a as though they were traditional athletes like um i guess like Similar contracts and similar rules that they need to abide by um, to, in order to portray like the best self and like really show the world, if not uh, U- University of Oregon at least, um, kind of what like an esport athlete would look like and. They're not like a traditional college student. They're they're on a different level, I'd say.
0: And it's interesting because you say athlete, and I know a lot of people you know, picture somebody that plays video games as maybe not an athlete. So I think it's really cool that there's been a, a phrase coined, the cyber athlete. And I think the skill set is something that anybody knows that video games have gotten to the point now where it's not just, like I said in the intro, button mashing. street fighters done, you know, you know, it's, it takes a tremendous level of skill and the competitive level that you guys are playing at is unbelievable. And this is why the rise of esports has happened. And you guys can speak on this, but you know, streaming, I think is what's made it blow up because there's websites like YouTube and Twitch. Twitch is the big one, right? Yeah. Where people are watching people play video games. I mean, I know now it's starting with five-year-olds watching kids play with toys. But but, uh, no, but that's beside the point. But yeah, what's really grown it is that it is a giant industry of people watching other people play video games. And then this competitive stuff popped up. And David, you can speak on, you know, how it started. I think it's been going on for 20 years now, competitive gaming. But what really do you think, you know, brought the rise beyond Twitch?
1: I think the one of the biggest pieces that brought the rise to esports was just how normal gaming became for you know generations moving forward where you know the further you go back the more counterculture gaming was as we move further along in time closer to today everybody's playing video games whether you have a Nintendo system a PlayStation and Xbox or whether it's a game on your phone everyone has their hands on it in some way shape or form once it became a more normal part of culture and once The games got advanced to the point where there was actual strategy and thought process involved that naturally led to people being more competitive, which then led to teams being formed, which then led to tournaments happening, which brought in viewership, which brought in sponsors and money and boom, here we are today.
0: And it's funny because now, you know, like in the picture for the flyer, you can see that everybody's got a uniform down the line with the same duck logo, you know, and the uniforms crack me up. And Owen, you can talk on this because the back of your jersey doesn't say your last name. It says your username. So what's your username?
3: Yeah, um, so mine's Blue Burglar, capital B's, uh, no E. And I don't know, it's just like a name that I – called myself when I first started like playing video games probably like around seven or eight um, which is so know, funny because yeah. your
0: gamer tag like Lauren what's your gamer tag
2: mine is OC
0: just OC like Orange County
2: O-S-I.
0: oh okay and then David what's yours uh DJ Cash yeah right see mine spent the rent which is pretty easy to understand I started the spent the rent thing so long ago when I was actually doing that like I was spending the rent on video games <laughs> and so <laughs> I've always used that name and now it's my podcast but you know, I'm a PlayStation guy, but uh, the gamer tag is so funny how you you come about it. And I'm sure that have you guys had an issue with people having like vulgar ones that they had to change? Yes. <laughs> wait, wait for, for
4: for our
1: team, no, for no, team? no, no, absolutely. Oh, just not. in just general. People that we see. I mean, there's people with crazy names uh, online. But with our school team, no, absolutely not.
0: No, because at that point, people, when they presented it, you know, I mean, at this point, too, it's been cleaned up. But it's cool, you know, so you'll see the team all lined up back of their jerseys have the gamer tags. And it's pretty cool. I mean, it's cool when you I'm sure that it's it's something that you pinch yourselves, even though in your guys' generation, you grew up. Like you said, with video games being such a huge pr- part of your existence, but at the same time, you still know that it's it's been looked at as a pastime. And for now to become a career, not just game testing but getting paid to like you know compete is is pretty cool. and that's got to be pretty exciting, especially at a college level. And you know, none of you guys came to the University of Oregon with the focus of video games, correct? I did seriously Yeah, I did too. so so what did your parents think about it init- initially when you had mentioned it?
3: Um, well, I guess during high school, I like played almost every single day. Like I, I just really never stopped playing. I I usually play League of Legends, but like video games, I've always played it. And I guess my dad really looked at it as, oh, you're just wasting time. Like you, it's not that you don't have a future in it. It's just like you, I feel like you could be doing better things. And I'm like, well, this is something I'm passionate about. So like, I'm not going to stop. Sure. And
0: and then you follow your heart. Right. I
3: followed, like, I just kept working hard. Like when I came... Uh, last year, as a freshman, I was um, kind of just walking around the clubs trying to find out like, oh, what really are my... Pa- like, what am I actually interested in in terms of like long-term as a career? Like, could I really pursue something I'm interested in? I see the uh, League of Legends Club just like kind of small on a table and no one really... Like, people kind of brushing past it because no one really knows what it is. And I just walked up and said like, hey, well, like, what are you guys about? And... That really, like, they were just saying, like, we just like playing league and just hanging out and being cool, like, being awesome dudes. Um, that's cool. I'd so, adorable,
0: Lauren, when so. you, so you say that you literally came with the intention of focusing on video games.
2: I would not have come to the school if there uh, wasn't an esports or gaming club.
0: Right, and it then it was so, a
2: deciding factor. That's for me.
0: crazy. And so, how did you hear about it?
2: Um. So online. Uh. On. The University of Oregon website. You can actually look at um, what clubs there are, and it wasn't actually updated, so it said League of Legends Club, and I'm like, all right, I play League of Legends. This is good enough for me. I came to the school to learn um, art and graphics, and I told my parents I wanted to do uh, graphic design, but in my mind, I'm like, I want to do esports graphics. Right. So um, it was really great coming coming here, and they asked, hey. Can someone do graphics or a poster for us? And I'm like, I'll do it. Right. And then...
0: And I noticed your guys' online presence. You know, I'm old school, so I use a lot of Facebook. And that's something that the younger crowd is not using as much. So what is it that you utilize the most? Would it be Twitter, Instagram...
1: Yeah, we uh, our strongest presence is through Discord, um, but outside of that, with more traditional social media is Twitter. Now, what is Discord? Discord is like a super upgraded Skype for productivity and gaming purposes. So, a lot of Flip workplaces use it just for general productivity. Um, it's smooth and easy to communicate with. You can share files, share screens, web. Cam chat, all that stuff. Um, so take Skype and upgrade it significantly, and its real home is with with gaming. Uh, but more and more workplaces are actually starting to adopt it as well because it's a really good productivity tool. See, and that's
0: really interesting because it seems like who you would be targeting, you're almost not even concerned with the average person because it's like now Discord something's off my radar. So I would imagine that if you're into gaming, that's just huge, and so you, that's where people go first. So they don't even mess with Facebook and that kind of stuff, right? Because Facebook's where your aunt is you know you know and so where
1: grandma is indeed
0: right so that's interesting and so uh you know i wouldn't even know where to begin when talking to you guys about like uh like for you lauren like what you cater to as far as graphically but that's what you're talking about right Is, is with discord and the different things uh what kind of graphics do you use to kind of catch people's eye
2: um so i do advertisements as well so i'll make posters saying hey we have a meeting, or hey, we have a tournament, or some sort of event. But um, I also do the Twitch graphics, and so um, the overlays for in-game stuff. So when we're in League of Legends, I have the I have the overlay. I'm in charge of making the overlay, and so that will uh, cover up like some technical stuff, like who's in charge of the camera. But it'll also show who's in the lead. Um, who has the most points so far this round. It's usually it's best like out the of It's like the scoreboard, essentially. Yeah I, I, yeah, I basically make the scoreboards. And um, back to kind of uh, how my family reacted to me wanting to do esports graphics and stuff, my grandfather specifically asked, where's the money in that? And he was watching a football game and I pointed at the graphics. I said, there's the money in that. And
0: that's huge. That's a really good point. And that's, I'm glad you brought it there because the careers inside of it. Now you are a gamer, obviously (laughs) you wouldn't be interested in it if you weren't, but is it something that you find yourself doing more behind the scenes as opposed to being like on the, you know, on the sticks kind of thing or you, I mean, you still compete. Correct, but when you're doing the the live broadcast, you're saying that you focus kind of more behind the scenes.
2: Yeah, I'm definitely more of a behind the scene person. Um, I'm not fairly good at sure, a lot sure. of games, and but um, but you I, have a
0: passion for yeah,
2: it. Yeah, I, I have a passion for it. I love uh, watching it. I love the art behind like certain characters. I love like drawing fan art too. Um, but. Yeah, I definitely like working behind the scenes. I like making stuff look pretty. Right, but, and that's um, that's
0: really cool, because I didn't even think of that aspect of it, that, you know, I mean, you're going to have the show host, if you're doing tournaments that are on, like, ESPN, you know, not just the Ocho anymore. It's getting to ESPN2 and whatnot. During the summer, you'll see a lot more of that stuff, which I think is really cool, because there's less... Uh, you know, no one cares about baseball, but like, uh, so, so there's, there's more, you know, access to that kind of stuff. And I'm sure that that's when the big tournaments are because that's when people can travel and that kind of stuff. But uh, you know, one of the big challenges with something like esports is, is changing public perception. And I did an interview with a professional disc golfer, uh, Dustin Keegan, who's from South Eugene recently. And we kind of talked about that, about how you know, people will kind of clown on it and whatnot. And obviously people are going to make fun of what they think is, is something new or different. But uh, it's it's something that's changing rapidly where people are accepting it. And, and I mean, I'm sure it's always a good feeling to when you guys can make this a profitable thing to like give your parents a big middle finger. You know, and not <laughs> not, not like a, it's more of an I told you so. You yeah. know what I mean? That you believed in something that you followed your heart. And that's, that's really exactly cool. That's exactly what it is. So uh, I want to talk also about how it's going to come to a point of becoming a scholarship and some of the issues. Obviously, anytime, any sport, whether it's with athletes, cyber athletes, or whatnot, you have to go through Title nine. So, not that just because you're female, this is your wheelhouse. But, Lauren, I'm glad that you're here because the more women involved, the more viable it is to become an esports team. And so, less, you know, I think video games are. 50 50 but the competitive aspect of it would you say that women tend to be as competitive or is it more that there's do they find their different kind of pocket inside of it
2: i i don't think it's because women are women are less competitive i think it's because it's not as encouraged stereotypically like if you think of the stereotypical gamer guy it's not really a positive image but you when you think of a gamer the image that pops your head is never a female right and so I don't think I think a lot of women like 50 I think it is 50-50 have it as um as a hobby but they look they look at the sports scene um the esports scene and say there's nobody like me up there. Um and this is where like Icons in Overwatch specifically um a woman named Giguri uh, she's Korean and was the first um was the first female in the Overwatch like professional league and so
0: it's not based on gender which is good because because there's no reason to Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so the skill set is just eyes and hands Mm -hmm. it's not you know there's no advantage if you've got upper body strength or whatnot so that's good and so it is go ahead and speak more on that but it's co-ed and that that's a big question i'm sure a lot of people would have
2: yeah and i think it's extremely important to have um an icon an icon like that where i saw um i was really into overwatch at the time and i saw uh gaguri and I was su- I was super happy to see like, "Hey, look, a girl made it
0: Sure, and I mean, you know, I don't care what anyone says. I don't think it's that controversial, but mm-hmm. I think the best athlete of all time is serena williams serena, period absolutely. so So anybody that wants to argue that, then they're wrong it's not their opinion is wrong, <laughs> and so it's good, and you know it took me a long time to understand as a man if I do have more of a platform how to use it as an ally and actually make it to where i don't need to have more of a platform <laughs> you know what i mean and so it's good that there's a lot of work being done but i'm glad when when owen told me that you were going to be here i was glad because there needs to be enough girls because of title nine and and do, do, do one of you guys want to speak on what do you know are you familiar with title nine david do you want to speak on what that entails because the average listener might not know so title nine go ahead and speak on what that is
1: yeah i'll, I'll give like a super watered down, boiled sure. down version of it it's basically that Whenever, um, and we'll speak on the the college athletics piece of it, whenever there is a varsity scholarship sport, there needs to be essentially an equal number of opportunities for men and women to get scholarships for it.
0: And so you have to have the exact same numbers. So the big issue at the University of Oregon is that it's a football school and nobody's trying to argue with that. So you have 100 athletes on football. And that's why we had to get rid of the wrestling team to create a baseball team, you know, so that they could copy OSU because they had success. And I'm going to get myself in trouble. This is my words, not theirs. <laughs> as far as the University of Oregon, because, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of sports that are being neglected because of it. And I think Title IX is really important, but there is disadvantages that come of it. And the good news about it, just not to get too off track, you know, with the athlete sports and as opposed to cyber athletes, is the rise of women's basketball. That last year, I was glad they went farther because it was their year. And the men did great, but it, that last year was the rise of the women's basketball team. And then in softball, softball has become, it's so much bigger at the University of Oregon than baseball because people, it's, it's just more loose, more fun, more kind of laid, not laid back. It's super competitive and they're better and they're better. (laughs) Yeah. And, and it's just, you have a sense of pride in it and you know it's just a lot of fun and i'm glad that that's happening so those realities probably wouldn't have happened if it weren't for title nine you know yeah
1: and an interesting piece of this puzzle too is that because we're not in athletics and esports as a whole and many schools is in a- athletics there is no ncaa governing body for it which i'm sure if you ask any gamer they'll say that's a really good thing um the rules of title nine are not fully applicable um, similar to, um, acro tumbling, um, it's acro tumbling is housed in athletics, but there is no NCAA for acro tumbling. Esports were our own department, so we're not held to everything. Um, but there are some things the school is react, uh, proactively trying to get us ahead of, uh, for the when it does come time for us to either be in athletics or start offering scholarships. So um, we're a little bit ahead of the curve on that already, which is really a really positive thing for our administration to feel confident about.
0: Maybe I shouldn't have brought that up then because now I just put, let the cat out of the bag. <laughs> now people are like, you know what? It needs to be more title nine and No, I'm just no, I mean No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But yeah, that's interesting. You know, that's, they don't even know how to regulate it yet. Like you said, and that is good because you see what happens with football. Now that's being discussed. And I really hope from a, from a video game standpoint, I really hope the NCAA college football game comes back because it's the best game ever made.
1: It's and, so good. I played so much of that game. Well,
0: you know, and I, I mean, I'm not into the shooting games and that kind of stuff. And I'll play red dead. I, I like, I play tons of two K and then I play red dead for like an hour at a time, just as like a relaxing thing, which is really neat. Cause that's a new thing that you play a game. That's like calming, you know, yeah. but the NCAA had the perfect amount of, games that for a season so you're constantly progressing getting new players and whatnot and then just the uniforms and the sense of community because i've grown up in eugene so being a duck fan you know i i didn't go to the university of oregon so i'm not an alumni but i'm still like that's
1: my team you know and d thomas was so good in that game too he was so good oh yeah it was
0: filthy so and you know not to get off track i don't want to bounce around too much but are sports games a big part of esports or is it more I mean like you said Owen you can speak on this cuz League of Legends is the most popular right
3: Yeah for sure no hands it's down. not it's even weird. close It's it's close with like Starcraft 2 exactly.
0: I'm not even familiar with League of Legends isn't it like like basically one of the games almost like Farmville where you're constantly doing busy work Not Farmville uh, no, no
3: not exactly it's uh, it's <laughs> David David's dumb You can't Putting see his face, face he's his so mad. Right
0: Farmville's the worst example, but like you know those ones that were popular for a while where you'd have to run up to different things and just keep the busy the the tasks under control. So it's nothing like that? No, not at all.
3: It's oh well, I'm like, fired. It, League of Legends is similar to like a chess game like a, a big chess game, but like way more elements going on like every single second, like as the game is progressing. Like things change and you might not even realize it after five, like five seconds. It happens. Like, so it's
0: not turn but turn based, but then not so at it's, at like it's like all constant. Real ti-
3: it's an all real time. Essentially, broadcast running like, like
0: the broadcasts. entire military front or whatnot. Yeah, right. It's, it's yeah. like
3: having uh, five soldiers in one battlefield against five, but like at a on a one v one scale. And then as the game progresses, those five individual players like form a team and then start moving as a unit right. across this map. It's crazy. It,
1: Do you you get a lot of
0: traditional sports fans that listen to this? I mean, I I think the only person that listens to this is Blair. Okay.
1: It's like basketball. It's five on five. Everybody has their own role, just like basketball. There's a center, there's a point guard, there's a forward, etc. It's just like that, except it's all spread over one giant court, and everybody fights their own individual battles, and then towards the end, like Owen said, you come together and fight as a team.
0: Right. And so that's the big one. And then some of the other ones I've heard, Rocket League, Is another one that's really cool i i should have played these games you know i literally just play 2k uh but the sports ones are growing i see that those ones are the ones especially madden that madden gets a lot of attention because madden's a trash game but like madden gets a lot no in my opinion it is because the reason i like to do offline stuff so this is completely different than what we talk about but they don't give you any customization and it's the problem is the nfl because the NFL has this whole protect the shield image and it's toxic masculinity at its finest where like, they won't let you make your team pink, for example. Well, it's a freaking video game. Who cares? Like if you do it offline, what does it matter? It doesn't, I'm the only person that sees it. Yeah. So I, that's my issue with it is more about that. The gameplay itself is incredible, especially the last couple of years. They've made some, some huge inv- improvements in the defense and stuff like that. But 2K, they let you do whatever you want, you know, and they full customization. Cause a lot of people, that's what they, I mean, it's either the, there's people that buy video games just for the character creation. So when people leave that aspect of it out, you know, that's a big letdown. And then for women, you know, I think that, I think that 2K basketball, you should be able to make a woman like to play. Now, maybe the WNBA league isn't, it's too much to program for them because it's just the popularity just wouldn't be there. So it's not the revenue stream yet. And they did have it on NBA live, but no one knows. Cause no one buys that. But like, uh, I do think you should be able to create a female character and play within those leagues because fuck the rules. <laughs> you, know what I, you know what I mean? And so, Lauren, you can speak on that.
2: Yeah, interestingly enough, um, it's actually really difficult to implement that. Um, of the games I've noticed, for example, Monster Hunter World, um, they use the same animation set between male and female models, and it looks really wonky. Right, so it in order for them to do that, they would have to completely reanimate a lot of animation sure. sets, and that is a lot of work and a lot of money. And like you said, the popularity might not be there, sure. If the um, like if for some reason a lot of people start acting, act like act, what, what's the like word, like
0: asking for it, yeah, essentially, for sure, it,
2: then definitely I think that would be an amazing idea, but it's so expensive and time consuming to completely reanimate the same thing you've animated before just for a new model
0: sure and then you get the issue of body image and body size because there's really like three sizes of guy you know there's there's slim average and fat (laughs) you know basically and it works and then if you can throw facial hair on the person then you're good you know because that'll basically make a caricature of you but for women there's a lot of different you know aspects of that that people want it to be accurate if they're going to make their own character so that's what really draws a lot of people character creation and then customization and if you can make it how you want and i think with sports games that's that's key Mm -hmm. so something like league of legends that's not as much of the issue right it's like each campaign you're not coming back to it it's like you're starting out and how long does the average game last
3: uh, the average game lasts around like twenty five, thirty minutes. I want to say
0: right, and see that's the new kind of thing, like with Fortnite and a- what is it, Apex? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that those ones are like ten minutes, right? I yeah, mean,
3: real fast. Like uh, the games battle are royales to evolve. Uh, I guess with battle Royales, more specifically, but like games, games have now evolved to be like a lot more fast paced, like instant action. Like you're in the game. If you die, then you just respawn and instantly go back into a new one. Like people. Are starting I guess gamers are starting to become impatient about like oh the queue times, oh the waiting like the yeah. loading times, like people want entertainment like now. Like that's now the, now I mean,
0: that's the pace crazy. of everything. It's like, you know, I made a joke about baseball, but that's why people are like, I'm not into this. And so maybe that aspect of it works. I'm I'm I know that esports, one of the things that's a driving force of its growth on ESPN is that it does translate well to television because there's commercial breaks. You know, so it's like <laughs> yep. one of the reasons that soccer has never taken off in America is because there's no break. And so they're yeah. like, how the hell are we supposed to sell Snickers? <laughs> you know, you know, we can put the only so many banners in the field. And that's why their uniforms have all the, the logos and whatnot and sponsorships. And I'm sure that with esports, you guys are going to be walking billboards, you yeah. know, because it's one of those things that the revenue is a huge part of it. You know, and I'm, I mean, your uniforms right now don't because it's collegiate, but the professionals do, right? I mean, they already have like, it's like a NASCAR looking uniform. So so one question, David, you're uh, the incoming president. So you probably will be able to answer this. That is there an issue? Now, this is goes into where we were talking about the regulation, but with scholarship athletes, they have to maintain a amateur status. So if you've done a tournament with a cash prize, Does that alter your chance of then becoming a scholarship athlete
1: no not at all because there's no ncaa for it so there's no rules about that in fact that's one of the major draws to having collegiate teams is that you can play in these tournaments to win and all the companies give it out is scholarship money so it feeds back into academics being a piece of the puzzle here um so that's a huge plus in the collegiate esports scene's favor right now
0: so have you is there any like what was the athlete you had mentioned lauren the the woman
2: uh, Giggory G- Giggory, it's Korean for frog. I think oh
0: nice So <laughs> is there any athlete maybe like her or somebody that is so big that they're being recruited? That's like notorious like that's somebody that's really a known person yet Is there like a face of it or is it more teams that are kind of
1: for collegiate or for pro for collegiate for collegiate? Oh. Not so much no. um, because the way that the professional scene works is you're generally picked up by a team when you're 16, 17 years old, so you don't actually go to college until after your career is done. Um, so in the collegiate scenes it's mostly around the teams themselves.
0: Right. So And that's probably going to be something that you're going to start seeing a lot of, is that you're going to have this, these faces of the franchise. You're, you know, that's what it is. A franchise, essentially. The, the sports teams at college. So, you know, the Johnny football kind of kind of thing. And hopefully they don't end up doing cocaine in a back alley. But still, like... Uh, <laughs> uh so you know with professionals obviously there's big big names in streaming and in professional gaming who's the big one ninja isn't that like there's some guy that uh
3: ninja's kind of fallen out because uh, i need to stay up because of uh drama but i guess like the most consistent one has probably been faker
0: would he just not follow pewdiepie is that the problem uh i don't know, <laughs> I don't know who they, any of these... they
1: actually play together on friday but seriously
0: because um, yeah. i just made that up like i have no idea i just hear my kids talk. if my kid says to me Oh, there's this inst- or YouTuber, then I'm like, stop talking. <laughs> like, whatever the rest of the sentence is. Because YouTube, not to change the subject completely, but, like, YouTuber is a phrase that people in their 30s don't use. Yeah. Like, they're, they're, you could watch somebody that's on YouTube, and if you're over a certain age, you don't call them a YouTuber. That means under 30, which is interesting. And I think that you guys love it, that it's something that's exclusive to your generation. Am I wrong on that? That I think that, I mean, you want to be taken serious among the thing but it's also it's like that that adds the punk rock element to it to where you're like this is ours and i don't care if you like it you know what i mean is that, does that make sense yeah
2: in reality they're entertainers is what they are sure people want people watch them to uh to be to be entertained whether it's for humor purposes or you enjoy like their gameplay is really good and you want to learn from it or sometimes uh sometimes some people feed off the drama sure um so yeah, it's it's really just entertain. It's just a new form of an entertainer.
0: And I think the the diff. I mean, I the demographic that's into it is obviously a younger crowd that's really really into competitive gaming. Go ahead, Owen.
3: Yeah, I just want to talk about kind of like what um, if we're talking about like community and uh, kind of like the live streaming persona, like the persona that someone would have, like why uh, audiences are kind of drawn in to this specific person. Um I've just been thinking about it more and uh there's kind of like three like prongs I guess um in order to like become successful and like become the new face of like an esport or uh an athlete. Um and I guess the three are like if you have a really strong sense of community, if you're really funny, um and also if you're really good at the game. Uh usually if in you, that order in, almost. Not in the order, no, but, but like, still the three like requirements I guess like if you at least fill two of the three requirements then you should at least start to see, uh be seeing some success if you keep working hard and you do it this career for i don't know two three years like you sure. will see uh like uh results
0: you know and i had a guest on that was an amateur mma fighter and we were talking about getting yourself off the ground in mma and how you sell yourself and it's the same thing or another comparison would be like uh poker you know, how poker blew yeah. up. That it was a television thing. Again, commercial breaks, all that stuff really worked for the World Series of Poker, the tournaments. Like, you know, there's there's breaks and you see the different characters, and I actually got into it watching it because, you know, and I think that's a very similar thing to the esports television model. Because if you're interested, you're like, I want to get better at poker. Then you watch these pros playing it, and then you can learn little little tips and different things. And then you start to pick up on like Phil Ivey and Daniel Negrano and those guys' characteristics. I don't know if the audience listening has watched it, but you really do start to enjoy the characters. You know, the people that are, you're starting to root for them, even though it's like, you, you know, it's crazy. Yeah. And and that's cool. And I think with video games, it's relatable because anybody can play it. I mean, any. that's why basketball with a younger crowd is such a huge sport and why it's growing because football is, a, is dying. Baseball's dead. But football is dying, and I truly believe that. Because, for one, after the game, you feel violated. Like, win or lose, if your team wins, it's like someone screwed up for the outcome. Basketball is like finesse. It's it's beautiful. And anyone can walk out in their front yard and play it. Now, you know, I can't compete at any level <laughs> against anyone. But you know you know what I'm saying? So there's something that's relatable to it. Because you can get out and do it. And I think with video games, that's a big draw is that everybody can do
4: accessible.
0: it. Yeah. So... When you started streaming stuff, that that just I mean that took off so fast. Do you literally just like watch it while you're playing so you have multiple multi screens or do you did you turn to it for like cuz we used to use like strategy guides. You know, is that kind of the the draw that got you when you were 13 14 years old and you were watching those kind of things is to get better at the game or was it more like you're saying the personalities that drew you in to watching streaming
3: um i guess if you guys want to butt in, but after uh yeah i mean a lot of the like twitch streamers that i watch um i mean yeah i, I do watch them for like their persona like they are very genuine or at least they, they seem genuine on camera um very genuine like they uh foster a really good sense of community like when you watch them they if you like type in chat they'll acknowledge you uh to some degree depending on how famous they are like if they have time to read how many viewers, it's, sure. So it was engagement. So yeah, it's, the engagement's it's just, high. You know,
0: it just made you feel like this person. You know, and also probably to learn different elements of the game. But mm-hmm. like, so it it kind of drew you in that way. But yeah. you know, that stuff has just gotten huge, like with yeah. Twitch and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so we talked about the big games, you know, Overwatch, uh, Justice, or what is it, uh League of Legends? What do you think? In the future, do you think that games will be kind of created with the idea of esports in mind? Maybe David, you could speak on this.
1: Um, so that, that's actually a really good question. Some will, some won't. Um, there's because gaming and esports are essentially two separate markets with two separate audiences to them. Um, there's always going to be the the desire for you know, Final Fantasy-type games or story-driven games that are more meant for the single-player experience that have an immersive storyline, and, you know, they pull you into them, and they're long, and and then there's always going to be those that want the competitive games, you know, the League of Legends, the 2Ks, the fighter games, etc. Um, so there will always be the, the niche for both of them, but I think it would be foolish to say that companies won't be thinking of, can this be a game that has a professional competitive scene to it? Absolutely. There's way too much money in that for companies not to think about that,
0: especially with shareware type games like and then the beta model with like Fortnite and Apex, those Battle Royale games where they keep it in beta so that they now. not to get off. But it, can you explain why, like why something will stay in beta? Because that's a big thing I've heard with with Fortnite. Like it's still right. It's still in beta.
1: Not, I mean, they say it, but not really. Basically, that was their way of trying to sell the actual Fortnite game was to present this fun, silly thing, and that took over for the real game. So that is the real game now. Um, so it's less of it being in beta, but it's a game that's always changing. They're always cranking out new content for it, changing the map, changing the, the items you can use, et cetera, like that. So it's an interesting marketing tactic, but I think Fortnite has shown that um, you can play with that that style, um, and not necessarily keep it in beta, but it's something that people are open to. the The community is receptive of that model. So make it free to play. Have optional things for purchase in there, and, and you see other games that have done that too, like League of Legends. Even Madden, Madden does that as well sure. with uh, Madden Ultimate Team Online, which a lot of my friends spend way too much money on. That's literally
0: um, what it is, and that's see, that's another reason that Two K as a on the gaming end of it of why it is appealing to me because there's modes that don't cost extra money that they're like, you can fully customize every element of your league in my league without spending a dime. But if you want to, you know, it's not, I mean, there is online stuff and then it's limited options, but at least it gives you that choice. Cause the biggest issue I have with sports games is the minute you start a league, a guy gets traded. That's important. And then it's just like, Oh, it's all for naught. You know, you have to start it over, but you know, you talked about one person solo games I, and and with gender, I think the big push when I was younger is women were super involved, interested in the the long RPG type games. And I don't like you said, Lauren, I don't think it's less competitive for women. And I think you made a good point about how uh, it's because it's not maybe encouraged socially, but those kind of games, the the Final Fantasy or uh the other you know, the long form RPGs, were the ones that i would see a lot of girls into that would push those and that's why a lot of the you know the stylized it's just you can tell and so what what drew you what kind of games are your interests
2: so um i gaming was never really encouraged in my family but it wasn't it wasn't discouraged either um i was my cousin introduced me to minecraft when i was 11 and um i fell i fell in love with it and uh, met a lot of friends through it. But um, I, when I made friends at school who were also into gaming, I was really interested in this scene, because um, I was I was kind of in a rough place, and escaping on the internet was was really fun and therapeutic for me. And I they introduced me to League of Legends, and so League of Legends is kind of what started it for me. Was what started the competitive scene for me. Although I've never really been competitive in games i enjoyed i enjoyed getting something out of it because when i won that game i felt i actually did something i wasn't i wasn't carried through it or something like that i always felt like i contributed and i felt like i learned something from each game and i'm playing against an individual each time so not everyone's the same so everyone's going to have a different play style so it kept me mentally stimulated right and so i had a lot of fun through that and By joining the League of Legends community, they introduced me to other games that were similar, and I ended up finding, like, a group of games that I really like. I have a thing for single-player games, too, Um, so I just kind of have this big group of games that I love playing, but League of Legends is what got me into it all.
0: Well, and you had made a comment off-air, too, about, you know, it's like, if you're in transition in your house or whatever, maybe moving from a different place and your Wi-Fi is down, there's always (laughs) going to be a use... For those games that you don't have to play online, or exactly. you know, if your roommate is hogging up all the the, and you, he you've got wireless and they have LAN, that ass that asshole, now you know that kind of stuff. But you know, we we kind of need to wrap it up a little bit here, so we're winding down. We've, we've got about ten more minutes, but uh, uh, there's a big thing that's happening with club sports and I don't know if we touched on it, David, you're, you can talk about this, the, the leveling up from club sports and how the title has changed. So it's still called a club sport, but what is the big, it's not. Okay, so speak on that, David.
1: Yeah, so we are, as of July 1st, I guess officially, we are no longer going to be in club sports. Um, the school has created its own esports department, so similar to how they're, they're, there's the athletic department, there's the radio station department, there's the club sports department, there's now going to be the esports department. Um, and each team will be in there as its own separate unit. Um, the players will be held to contracts that they will all be signing next year. That have practice requirements, GPA requirements. The players will have to turn in their grades. Um, if they don't, they don't play. If they don't hit a certain threshold, they don't play.
0: Do they have to give their tax returns?
1: I'm just kidding. No, no they they don't. They do not. Fortunately. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> you actually do to get you
0: know your your financial aids. But it's, I was I was kidding anyway. Yeah, we're sorry. okay with that. Go ahead. Go um, ahead.
1: And there's just going be it's gonna be a lot more serious than it was the past year. You know being a club sport was great. It added a lot of legitimacy to what we're doing. but at the end of the day it's still it was still basically completely student run. Um, now there's a lot more school support and they've hired me to be the director of eSports next year. Um, so I'll be overseeing everything to make sure that we're running a tight ship here and we're doing all the right things we need to do to make our program the best in the country.
0: So when you say incoming director, are you the inaugural? Are you the first? That's pretty exciting. Yes. So you're the George, you're the, you're the George Washington of, of University of Oregon. That's cool. They're going to take your name off of all the plaques later for whatever crap you did
1: right now. I'm, I'm okay with that. So, so, as, as long as we win a bunch of championships and we have a strong community, I'm okay with that's that. That's a
0: big deal. So are you uh, in, you're going to be a senior this year? You're coming next year?
1: No, I'm, I'm graduating.
0: So you'll still be involved with the program? Like you'll be, you're graduating in a week? Yep, and so you'll still be involved with the program.
1: Yes, that's awesome. So yeah, that's, that's it's my it's, job now.
0: Oh, it's a career. Yes. Wow, that's a whole different. I thought it was like that's a big deal. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> so grad school or what's the future for you? I mean, obviously this is a this is a paid gig at this point. That explains the hoodie. No, that's cool. So uh, that's a big deal. That's the bi- That's the first step in getting it to become scholarship. So you'll be the person that's making that happen. Owen is. You're going to be a sophomore, so you, right, I'm going to
3: be a I'm going to be junior next year. A week.
0: junior, yeah. so sophomore right now. So, so I mean, I think to wrap it up, we'll just talk about our the plans because that's yeah. that's one of the things about. I work as a barber on campus and it's great because I can always ask people like, what are you planning? And it's not like offensive. They're not like literally nothing, dude. I'm not doing anything. Like, thanks for putting me on the spot. But for you, what are your plans for the summer and what, you know, what are you progressing Uh, with Yeah.
3: So I guess plans for the summer, um, I'll be heading off to Hong Kong for a marketing internship, um, that I got earlier in the year. Um, I just be working a lot with startups and doing all that kind of stuff, but this next coming school year definitely trying out um working my butt off working my butt off to uh make this team because i want to be on this i want to be on this new wave this like new yeah that's exciting like family pretty much of uh like varsity players slash the high competitive like college level video game like so now athletes so like,
0: now with it being up leveling up i like using yeah. that phrase leveling up from the club to uh, what did you call it? A
1: varsity program, just a
0: varsity program. So you will get cut, and does that mean that you yeah. then are not even involved at all? That's that's crazy. Yeah. Like it's it goes from that's 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 good and bad, you know.
1: Yeah. We're, I mean, we're going to have you know JV teams and, and there'll still be and, the club. Intra- intramural type teams for people that may want to compete but not on that serious of a regimen. of course, we want to cater those. And you can still always be involved in our, our gaming club, which is more casual. Um, so there's ample opportunities for everybody to get involved. We just want to make sure our competitive teams are the best of the best of the best because we're playing against those schools that are giving out scholarships that have hired coaches that already have all the sponsors in place.
0: Now, is there going to be a focus for people like Lauren, for example, that self-proclaimed maybe, maybe not the best player but has a very instrumental part in the production of it you know is that going to be something that's considered
1: absolutely that's one of the key aspects of why the school wanted to make this an official program is because of how many different career-building initiatives are built into it. There's a lot of ways for students to get experiential learning. Whether you're managing a team, and not necessarily playing on it, whether you're managing a team, whether you're doing marketing-related things, broadcast-related things, graphic-related things, there's a hundred different avenues for students to get involved, whether they wanna try out for one of the competitive teams or not. There's also going to be a lot of academic research with with their prof- our professors that I've already met with that are gonna be doing um, ethnography and other studies based on our community. Right.
0: So Lauren, I'm going to ask you the same question. Uh what are your plans for the summer? You're finishing your first year at the university and what are your plans?
1: Yeah, I absolutely
2: uh, love it here, but I'm actually going to take classes over the summer. Just get some Just staying extra in Eugene. yeah, get cool. some uh, extra credits and stuff, uh work on graphics, help build up uh, for next build up the um the organization for next term. Sure.
0: I mean, and it sounds like with something growing this dramatically this fast and this rapidly that you almost don't want to take time off when you come back oh and it's going to be unrecognizable
3: yeah it's i uh it's everything's going to be different i can tell but i think the sense community will definitely still stay the same and uh if if not it'll be even more fostered just because of like how many new things are going to be put in place and just like everyone is going to be coming back from summer after like long break of just like relaxing and then we're going to jump right back into the competitiveness and
0: so the big thing, anytime, you know, anytime I, I uh, wrap it up, we usually talk about a place that people can find more info. Because I know that with podcasts, we'll bounce around the topic, whatnot, we're just having a conversation. So where do you think the average person should turn? Because I know Discord is probably more specific. Is that more specific just to gamers, or is that a really good one? Is it is it a long sign-up process?
1: No, okay. I, well, here, I'll, I'll give us a little plug right now. Uh, the best way to find us is uh, Twitter, is at Sports. Um, if you have Discord, it's discord.gg slash Esports. And then our Twitch channel is twitch.tv slash University of Oregon.
0: So those are, you know, and we'll throw those in the show notes as well. So those are the places that you can find them. And then, you know, maybe someone's going to have to do a little more work on the Facebook page because it's been like a month since you guys have posted anything. And then Instagram obviously is a big one. The pictures... Are what are gonna draw a lot. I noticed just from promoting this podcast, when I threw up a couple of pictures of the line of everybody, it just people engaged so much. And so that's cool. And the graphic stuff, like Lauren, that's your wheelhouse. The graphic, you know, work is something. So, well, I really appreciate this. The one thing that I really learned from this is like, I didn't realize that till the end of the interview, what you just told me, David, about you know you making a career out of this which is really exciting and you can already give your parents a big middle finger cuz i'm sure they doubted that
1: oh no they're were, they're were fully supportive of everything um when i came here to get my mba in sports marketing i told them i said it's either going to be football or esports and very quickly it turned into esports and they were like yeah it's a huge industry um that's awesome that they so- have the
0: the presence of mind or like the the foresight to be able to Encourage that. I mean, most parents are gonna encourage you to follow your passions. You know, whether it's dance or art, like you said. You know, because I know that's the one degree that people are like, you're studying art. What are you gonna do with it? And they're like, succeed. So many jokes about that. Yeah, no, I know. And it's so true that, you know, I mean, people will always be like, what are you going to do with that? And it's just, it's not just about getting the paperwork and the credentials. It's about following your heart. And that's what college should be. And that's the people that succeed. So, well, thank you guys for coming and telling me a little bit about this. And, thank you. and this is really cool. And, and uh, I'm going to end this with a song and it's kind of a funny one because this is one of the first ever songs I recorded with my first group, the anti dope, which was anti hip hop hip hop back in 2005. And I just thought it was so fitting because it's called Unplug and it's about video games. I appreciate you guys coming out. We're going to end with a song that I made with the crew that I was in the anti This is called Unplug.
4: Unplug your controller and find a girl in console. Her. Unplug your controller and find a girl console. Her. Unplug your controller
5: and find a girl so console. Her. Unplug your controller and find a girl console. Her. Wake up, pick up Spaceship, someone's cheese in my face Find a spot on the, the couch for my ass to Maybe soon I'll see why, why my parents pay? Say this lifestyle isn't permanent I turn my PlayStation on and soon I'm gone To an anti-social behavior Trying to, to be spot, fun. spot A man or Grand Theft Auto 3 Or maybe I'll watch Constantine on DVD Football games, all I do is change names Seducs may be number one, but it always stays the same Gone are the days of Fong and Pac-Man Ever prison and smoke of trees Not making a plan If I won't take over Unless it's 64 bits Player 2 gets so focused, he often puts off shit He sits on his face then there's a P.P. find it difficult to find
4: romance. Unplug your controller and find a girl and console her. Unplug your controller and find a girl and console her. Unplug your controller and find a girl and console her. Unplug your controller. And Find a girl can't, I can't so It's an escape from reality A lack of personalities Possibly got chasing digital Spirituality while individuality drink. from a generation across the nation Education takes a backslide I need to spend my time with Mario Now I spend my time making beats And feeding my ego When it comes to gaming I stay pocket. I'd rather spend my time being so I reach for the sky And I get up for you to well, I reach for the sky? Your controller and find a girl and console her Unplug your controller and find a girl and console her Unplug your controller and find a girl and console her like your controller And find a good console Too many days have passed Sitting in place on my ass While I've amassed to nothing Thinking this vast world Is bluffing in a constant game I call the chess While my fingers are scarred And my house is a mess I got calluses I'm soaking My vows might as well be broken Cause this life is like A game of frog where I'm croaking Choking on a Cheeto Frito Possibly a Dorito Cause my eyes haven't left The screen since I was 13 Yo, provoking and prodding Is not getting attention Provoking me, not, in Even the slightest mention Of your repetitive forge. I need a sedative fool Even listening, you're fishing You said it before Oh.
5: How many hours a day do you play Halo 2 and say your friends are gay? Pay your electric bill or you will get bored unless your neighbors hook up an extension cord. This may be stereotypical to most kids, it's the And the mother's venture because it seems habitual. Everything in moderation, we live in a digital nation, so comments, government, shooting, and fire. Give a kid a snickers in the next and he will never get tired. Xbox, Nintendo, PlayStation, and Atari Why don't you play board games Like Scrabble, Clue, and Sorry? I can't sing well I can't sing well I can't sing well I can't, I can't, I can't, I, 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 I can't sing well
4: Unplug your controller And find a girl and console her Unplug, Unplug your, your controller, controller And find a girl and console her Unplug your controller And find a girl and console her Unplug your controller and find a girl to console her. i your controller, find a girl, and console, her. Find a girl and console her. Unplug your controller and find a girl to console her. So I can high, I reach for the sky. Yeah, I get lifted. I will give it to why. So I can high, I reach for the sky. I'm giving you a reason to sigh